Episode 285, June 15th, 2017. This week's show opens with bad news for Jeep Liberties, and we'll tell you why people in Philadelphia need to keep their eye on their Jeeps. Then later, I'll talk about the importance of regular tire rotation. Dan finishes off his overlanding segment. We've got a ton of reviews to share. We'll read your emails and even hear from Nikki G. We'll tell you about a sheriff's office in Florida that is using Jeepers for a very special task. We'll cover some upcoming events around the nation and get into the specifics of trim models and what they mean for the resale of our Jeeps. It's all coming up on this week's episode of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Podcasting since 2010. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, nobody, and I mean nobody, likes being probed. <laughs> now, that's just what's happening to our liberties, people. Now, this isn't a Tony-esque political rant. I'm talking, of <laughs> course, about our Jeep Liberties. The 2012 Jeep Liberty SUV in particular are being probed under a U.S. preliminary U.S. safety investigation for complaints of failing airbag control, uh, and airbag control computers, which could hinder the airbag from operating properly in an accident and cause you to die. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration disclosed the probe in a document dated June 1st on its website. About 105,000 Jeep Liberties from the 2012 model year are subject to the investigation. If you're wondering if your 2012 Liberty is affected, well, the main indication is the airbag warning light remaining on while driving. And for oh some drivers, God. it turns off when the computer was replaced. <laughs> Other drivers were advised to replace the computer but continue to operate the vehicle with the warning light on. I would suggest not doing so. <laughs> FCA says it's cooperating with the probe and that the only safety device affected is a headrest that moves to prevent injuries if a crash so does happen. So far, 44 complaints have been recorded by the NHTSA, according to the June 1st document, prompting the preliminary probe to determine the frequency, scope, safety issues of the defect. If the preliminary investigation suggests the vehicle may have a harmful def defect, the NHTSA could call for an engineering analysis. The outcome of that analysis decides whether the inquiry will result in recall or will be closed without further action. One vehicle owner said the airbag was not deployed during an accident where she sustained mild injuries, while others said the faulty sensor would cost up to $500 to replace or not guaranteed under warranty. In either case, I think $500 is a little bit uh, is, is okay for a little peace of mind for a lot of safety. Well, heads up, Philly. Might be time to keep those batteries in the freezer after all. Well, police are on the hunt for a thief or thieves targeting Jeep Wranglers for batteries. They are targeting and breaking into the hoods of Wranglers and swiping the batteries. We all know just how easy it is to get under the hoods of Wranglers. Just put the latches, rip out the battery, off you go. This is why there is such a big market for locking latches or cable locks that prevent a thief from opening the hood, even if they are brave enough to mess with the latches. Philadelphia police are saying the thefts happened over the last weekend, with most of them taking place in parts of Fairmount, Francisville, and the surrounding areas. Seven confirmed batteries missing in just three blocks of one neighborhood. Now might be a good time to rethink spending some of that cash on a good alarm, especially for you Optima or dual battery owners out there. While Florida Sheriff's Department is stepping up in a big way, Jeep Wranglers, as you know, are nothing if not capable off-road, and one Florida Sheriff's Department is taking full advantage of the vehicle's famous abilities by forming an all-volunteer Jeep search and rescue unit to get off-road enthusiasts trained and equipped to help police when the going gets rough and a regular patrol car just can't hack it. That's not to say the Pasco County Sheriff's Office doesn't have a few off-road toys of their own, but the ability to summon the 27-some-odd members of the Jeep unit to assist on searches, extractions, and even flood rescues have proved to be a huge help for deputies. Mind you, this is much more than a motley crew of Jeepers banging around in the woods. Potential recruits are fully vetted and given extensive training in everything from CPR to search patterns to crime scene procedures before officially joining up. Now, Corporal Arthur Madden, the official, the officer in charge of the unit, says that the volunteers have already been called up twice to help out in real-life search and rescue operations and were, quote, instrumental in clearing several such search areas. Madden, Madden says the team will be ready to assist on whatever missions come up requiring their off-road expertise in the very near future. For the Jeepers, well, it's all about helping people. It's not the Jeep Brotherhood people. 
Many are retired police officers, firefighters, and doctors, eager to channel their former vocations and continue to serve the local communities. In addition, the on-call demands of the job, the unit also travels to outreach and public awareness events, where the jacked-up Jeeps are generally a big hit with anyone with a pulse. But for anyone who's hoping to join up, well, fair warning. As you might have guessed by the pictures, well, it's a Jeep Wranglers-only club and the occasional XJ Cherokee, at least for now. Hey, I wanted to give a big thanks out there to all you guys who help us out each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you've got something you think we, we should be reporting on or a response to any one of our stories, by all means, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. I just want to clarify, I had nothing to do with that picture. <laughs> so Tammy's eyes got really big when you started talking about people stealing batteries out of the... Out of the ring, yeah. And then I'm showing a black Jeep Rubicon. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Hey, that could be me. You park well, luckily, in the garage, don't you? Luckily, I have this, so I'm going to go buy something while we're in, during the show. Fingers? Oh, for f's sake! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was holding up. She was holding up a lock. That Josh was talking. She was about. holding up a credit card, oh. folks. Oh. Yeah, well, I guess you got to do what you got to do. So uh, we forgot to mention, uh, I forgot to mention it to the guys, remind, remind them here, that uh, we are uh, doing the uh, the live tweets or showing your live tweets tonight. If you'd like to see your tweet show up at the in the video here on the, the YouTube, just send us a tweet and put in uh, hashtag JTS Live, as in Jeep Talk Show. I shouldn't have to explain that, but JTS Live. And uh, we will see it, and uh, you can already see Nate, SB, SWB Crawler, is uh, eating it up. Josh, there was uh, one tweet that came up. He says, why does Josh get more than three minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I got a big microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, there you go. It's uh, having a lot of fun here tonight. And, uh, oh, uh, we're also in 720 high def. Oh, I shouldn't have said the 720. Ooh. If I just say high def, people think it's the real big, you know, the 1080. Oh, yeah. So, but we're in high def tonight. Streaming to you in 4K. So, uh, no, not really. We're still a little fuzzy, but that's how we look in real life. So, it's it's not the HD. <laughs> All right. Well, fun stuff and great information as always, Josh. Thanks. So, is the Jeep Talk Show just not enough for you? Need more? Well, we have more for you. Yeah, we do. The Jeep Talk Call-In Show. Just go to youtube.com slash Show On Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time, Tammy and I will have a guest uh, interview. Then we'll turn it over to you, the listeners. All you need is a phone and a voice. The Jeep Talk Call-In Show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time on youtube.com slash Show. And hey, be sure to catch the last episode, number 42, where Tammy and Tony ask the big question, have you ever been to a Jeep Fest? And hey, don't miss next week's show, where Tony and Tammy are going to interview Natasha Hawkins with Faces of Jeep. Hi, this is Jordan from Big Snatch Off-Road, and you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. So this is going to be the fifth and final, at least for this series, uh, over in Overlanding with Dan from the 4x4 podcast. I, I've told you before, if you want to know more about the uh, Overlanding experience, uh, go over and check out uh, our, uh, our sister uh, podcast, part of the 4x4 radio network, uh, Dan at the 4x4 podcast, uh, Rich and Craig uh, as well. And uh, great information there. And uh, they also, or uh, at least Dan does, an Overlanding roundtable where uh, he has people from all over the world talking about Overlanding. Uh, the Aussies, the, uh, I don't know if he's got any Brits in there or not. Of course, uh, Overlanding in, uh, the, uh, on the island is kind of uh, uh, not, not is probably not, you can't go quite as far. You can still Overland, it's just not as yeah, far. Yeah, if you go too go. far, it might tip over. <laughs> you fall off. <laughs> they were they were once an empire, Josh. They could have wheeled forever, and now they're just back to that little island. Um, so anyway, uh, let's get on to this uh, fifth and final episode of uh, Overlanding with uh, Dan, the Four by Four Podcast. All right, we're uh, here with our fifth segment in Overlanding, and uh, I want to thank Dan from the Four by Four Podcast for joining us and helping us uh, here at the Jeep Talk Show and uh, the, helping with the Jeep Talk Show audience understanding of what Overlanding is and. Uh, if you can overland in your Jeep, uh, you can find out much more uh, about overlanding over at www.the4x4podcast.com. They talk about more than just overlanding and even talking about Jeeps uh, from time to time. So, uh, Dan, thanks again for uh, joining us here on this uh, multi-part overlanding series. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. And I should add that, you know, if somebody's really interested, they can go over to overlandroundtable.com. 
And that's where we've got all the, the discussions where we geek out on one specific topic with a pretty wide-ranging uh, group of panelists and who bring a lot of different opinions and thoughts to the topic. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because I was under the impression that the Overlanding Roundtable was all part of the 4x4 podcast. Is that separate from the 4x4 podcast? I mean, you get a separate website, but it, if, you, if, if I wanted to subscribe to, to listening to each one of those episodes, do I just subscribe to the 4x4 podcast, or is it a separate podcast? Oh, no, it's, a, it's all its own feed. Um, so the Overland Roundtable is its own show, uh, which has kind of different rules that govern it. And I, I really don't have, like Craig and Rich, the, my co-hosts over on the 4x4 podcast, I don't think either one of them have been on the Overland Roundtable yet. So that's part um, of the rules. They can't be on the Overland podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't make the rule. It just hasn't worked out that way. Gotcha. And, <laughs> the the problem with the Overland Roundtable is that since it has so many guests on it, it's hard coordinating the schedules oh, uh, all at the same time. When you're talking, we've got folks from East Coast to you know West Coast, Alaska, Australia, and and everywhere in between, uh, depending on which which direction you go around the globe. So coordinating those schedules is sometimes a challenge. And I think what we settled on is we're just going to do it as often as we can. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think. If you're offended by, you know, bad planning, then I guess it's not the show for you, but it's a good <laughs> well, time anyway. It's it's more than just bad planning. It it's it's you have a very aggressive life uh where you're living there in Alaska, being part of the army, you get sent away to different places. So any you, it, the stuff you're getting from Dan, you just be glad you're getting anything from him because he's a busy busy man. <laughs> Now, uh, uh, I just want true. I just want to make sure that you guys understand. I do listen to the uh, uh, the roundtable uh, show. I just must have subscribed to it so long ago uh, that I didn't re- uh, realize it was actually two shows. I thought it was all part of the same show, Dan. To be honest with you, so uh, yeah. that's uh, that's good. So the audience will know. So that's that's a really good resource. And for you guys that are into ham radio or interested in ham radio, uh, they've actually done a segment about ham radio and overlanding, which I really enjoyed. Oh, naturally. Even though I'm, I'm still, I consider myself a ham radio noob. Uh, I think I've had my license for going on two years now, uh, which is nothing in ham radio terms. Uh, there was a guy here in the, the local Fairbanks area who celebrated, uh, I think it was like his 80-something birthday, and he's been a ham radio operator for 50 years. Yeah, well. I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> yeah, it's in that much RF exposure, you'd think something bad would have happened by now. <laughs> but well, uh, he he will never need a flashlight ever again. Uh-uh, so he, no, it's good no. To- he uh, he won't need one of those little lights for the toilet. He can just uh, light it up himself. Yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's real good. And you know, that's interesting. You bring that up about not being necessarily knowledgeable about ham radio. I'm not knowledgeable at all about uh, about overlanding, and that's one of the reasons why I got you on here because I know that you have uh, personal experience, and also too, you uh, uh, hobnob goober smooch with uh, people that do do this uh, in the uh, some of the the, the uh, shows that you do. So uh, anyway, let's uh, let's wrap this series up, and uh, I just want to know uh, what would you recommend to the audience that wants to get involved in overlanding with their Jeep? You know, like a tent, trailer, hardware. Just how do they get their start? Maybe a, a direction for them to go because they're interested in overlanding. Well, there's a ton of different groups that somebody can get involved with on Facebook and its own groups, and there's there's books that out are out there. One of my favorites, really, was written by uh, a couple that's been on the show a couple times, uh, Graham and Louisa Bell. They wrote a book called Travel the World Overland, and it, it's they've put together like a textbook, and it goes through everything from how to modify a vehicle, how to plan the adventure, how to talk your, your honey into getting into these kinds of trips, to how to just completely cast off the the shackles of everyday life and enter a full-time travel type of situation. Um, so that's a good one to try and pick up. Uh, but really what it's going to come down to is just experience. Cause you're going to find out what you like and what works for you and your family and your group of friends and, and just keep modifying your trips from there and what you take and where you go. Uh, for me, you know, I am an avid outdoorsman, so it's not just going out to see take it, take pictures. I'm going out to shoot stuff and to catch fish. And, um, those are the types of experiences I'm looking to have. So, you know, my vehicle is built and my, my trailer is built to sustain me 
for for many days uh, off in the the middle of nowhere. However, you know I've got a constrained budget, so if money were no object, I'd have something like one of the global expedition vehicles that's based on a a Stuart and Stevenson army truck with a full on you know yacht grade living quarters on the back. Uh, but you know it, it's really just dependent on what you what you can afford, where you want to go, and how you want to travel, and the experiences you're looking to have. And let me see, what is it that you always uh, you always say? It's not the journey; it's the adventure. Not the adventure; it's the journey. How do you? What, what's yeah, your it's not is? the destination; it's the it's the journey. Ah. so it's really every the experiences you have uh, getting to wherever it is you're going. Who else thought we had a power failure just then? For just a second, I was like, I what, did. pop a breaker again? <laughs> like, oh, geez. So, uh, going to be up all night. So, uh, a not-so-clean ending there to the uh, the fifth in the segment of uh, the show. And if you're not aware, uh, we had a power failure in the middle of that uh, playing that interview and uh, got everything back up. I think we were down a good 10 minutes uh, at least. Oh, yeah. So, it, it's going to really uh, make it fun on the show clock. <laughs> Because I didn't think about it until just a couple of minutes ago. I've got it paused, and I'm going to wait 10 minutes and restart it. But, of course, what's going to happen is I'm going to forget to restart it because I'll be busy with stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun and games over here. All righty. Well, we're back, uh, back going as long as the power stays on. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Oh, and what is the 4x4 Radio Network, you might ask? Well, it is the one-stop shop you can go to get all of your off-road audio. That's right. We've got a whole bunch of podcasts there. they got a whole bunch of episodes. You can go to one-stop 4x4radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. Learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, and the Trail Chasers podcast. Yeah, yeah. we got to get off after Cody. I think he's been slacking on the uh, the interviews he's been doing. And there was, those were some great ones. A lot of uh, industry uh, leaders uh, in uh, in those podcasts and uh, regular folks as well. So uh, you guys, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you guys heard about the Bantam Jeep Festival this, uh, this past weekend. Uh, and, one of uh, the biggest. Yes, one of the biggest. And I am just so honored that we had a couple of uh, uh, Jeep Talk Show listeners, uh, our, actually our social media manager, and... Uh, one of our listeners that were going out there and offered to uh, get some interviews, to uh, grab some audio, grab a lot of pictures, which you may have seen. And if you're, and I've run across a couple of people, uh, guys, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there's people that listen to the show that are not active in social media. And they were not aware of all the pictures that were dumped (laughs) from Royal and uh, Bart, who went out there to the Bantam Jeep festival all over the Jeep talk show, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, I think even uh, LinkedIn. So they missed the pictures. They didn't see that they were out there. They could have found these guys and uh, got a business card or uh, shook a hand and um, uh, told some lies about Jeeps. Uh, they didn't get to because they weren't on social media. So if you're if you're not on the social media following us, you need to get on there, get on the stick and do that. So anyway, here's uh, one of the interviews. Uh, well, this isn't actually an interview. We'll be getting to an interview, but this is uh, one of the videos that uh, Bart did for us. And just stunning video from uh, the Bantam Jeep Festival. All right, so we hear the crowd uh, clapping here at Bantam. Ruin this guy on and he just did it. He just did it, folks. And boys, everybody's happy. People are hugging each other. It's a beautiful <laughs> day here at Bantam 2017. Uh, as you see, we got a, a lot of Jeeps here at the obstacle course at Bantam. And um, it's... Uh, it's around 72 degrees, perfect for mudding. And um, let's see if we can uh, possibly get a, a guest here sometime soon, ask them what they think of Bantam. But we're currently not around anybody. So <laughs> this is it for now. Stay tuned, more pictures to come. And uh, we'll keep you up to date at Bantam 2017. Signing off from the Jeep Talk Show, this is Bart. Great he stuff. He did a great uh, he, job. Really, yeah, he did. First yeah, time did. doing that. that. Awesome. First time doing that. It's great. I don't think that guy's ever had a microphone in front of his face again, and he rocked it. Yeah. He did. <laughs> so that we'll, was awesome. We'll People have, are hugging. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like that line from uh, uh, Down Periscope. <laughs> it's No, it was uh, Overboard, where the guy says, it's a marvelous day at sea, sir. <laughs> 
And he, he did an awesome job. Yeah, he did. And we're going to have another uh, an actual interview from uh, Bantam Jeep Festival from part uh, here in just a few minutes. But let's get over to Tammy before uh, we <laughs> before we run out of power again. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G Mama. So, guys, I think I'm. Uh, I'm afraid I've neglected some Jeep mom duty of mine. <gasps> um, yeah, I know. I. <laughs> I think talking. I'm. <laughs> I think I'm a little late in rotating my tires. Ah, oh, um, yes. yeah. You had me so, I, when you said you were a little late. I got really oh, worried yeah. there for a second. I, <laughs> I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried. I was just concerned for her health. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I don't want to drive all the way up to the shop where I usually go because it's like an hour's drive, and I have to go through the Baltimore Tunnel, which I hate because if you've ever seen the movie Daylight, you'll understand. Anyway, so um, I've heard from a bunch of local <laughs> folks um, about this local guy who has his own 4x4 shop, and it's called Adrenaline Off-Road. So I called the guy up, and I know you've already heard this story, Tony. Um, Tuesday night, Josh, I don't know if you've heard no, it No, this yet, is good because I was telling Josh about no. it earlier today. Go ahead. It was – so anyway, I call this, this guy up, and it's after hours, which I felt really bad. But anyway, um, I – Get on the phone and I say, hey, I have this 2015 Rubicon, yada, yada, yada. It has 35-inch tires and I need to get them rotated. Um, do you do that kind of stuff at your shop? And he's like, are you that podcast lady? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and Tammy says, I do have a podcast with uh, two people I employ. <laughs> he's, he's like, I recognize your voice. No way. Yeah, I'm famous. Yay. Anyway, he started listening to the podcast back this winter when he couldn't sleep. He just typed the word Jeep in the search bar, and there we were. So, what you're saying is he listens to the show to help him sleep. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, doesn't everybody? Um, So, anyways, as soon as he gets freed up, they're putting an engine in a a JK right now. He's going to rotate my tires. So, I'm pretty excited about that. But in my searching of the internet to see how badly I failed as a Jeep mom, um, I found uh, some suggestions about when you should rotate your tires, and I just don't know which one is correct and if there is even a correct one. Now, it suggests every 3,000 to 5,000 miles, even if they don't show signs of wear. And then there are other Jeep folks who suggest, actually Jeep itself suggests between 6,000 and 8,000 miles, and a good time would be during your oil changes. Now, my tires are 35-inch tires, so I wonder if there's a different suggestion for these. Um, And then as I'm searching, I found out why you should rotate your tires, and um, it's beneficial in many, many ways. Um, When it's done at the recommended times, which, shame on me, I didn't do it, You can preserve balanced handling, traction, and even out your tire wear. It can provide performance advantages. And you need to be aware um, of some tire mileage warranties that require you to rotate your tires to keep the warranty valid. Now, when should you have your tires rotated? Well, that's the big question, um, which I'm out asking all you guys, and maybe Tony and Josh can help me with this. But also during this time, it would be a great time to inspect your tires for any damage, remove the stones and debris from the treads. Um, You can check for uneven wear by checking the tire tread depth, which I went out and did. And I mean, they all looked pretty much the same compared to, even compared to my um, spare, which is sitting on the back of my Jeep, Um, checking your tire pressure. Now the rotation is supposed to help even out the wear by allowing the tire to serve in as many different vehicle wheel positions as possible and each wheel position can cause different rates different wear rates and different types of tire wear now remember tire rotation can't correct wear problems due to worn mechanical parts or incorrect inflation um, pressures now the big question is should I rotate four of my tires or five um, after some research, I think I'm going to go with five, but um, I was hoping maybe to get some 
suggestions from you guys out there before I go in. Um, hopefully, I'll be in there on Monday. So anything you'd like to add, I'd love to hear from you. You can join our conversation by going to the jeeptalkform.com. You can call our voicemail line or you can email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com. I really look forward to hearing from you about this little subject here. You know, Josh, I don't know the answer to this, but I was wondering if it has something to do with the, uh, the specific tire, if there's a recommendation for the, uh, the tire. No, I, I mean, I'm sure that some manufacturers will say, you know, well, we, we, we suggest you only do it in this. You know, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> the MTR, you know, the Kevlar ones, they say you can go a little bit longer because we use Kevlar in our tires. And that's what bulletproof vests are made out of, and therefore they're indestructible. No, I mean, really, it comes down to a lot of your driving techniques, you know, your, your habits, the, the kind of terrain that, I mean, if all you ever see is pavement on your mud terrain tires, Chances are you're going to need to, you know, uh, rotate them a little bit more often. Uh, if you got like all terrains and and it only comes out on the weekends, well, you could probably go a little bit longer. Um, I, I will say this though, uh, uh, mileage and and time aside, if your Jeep has been sitting in the garage for a while on the tires and not doing any mileage, well, if let's say that Jeep's been sitting in there for a year on the tires, you're going to have some flat spots. Uh, and so it's going to take a little while to work those out if they ever will work out. And so sometimes, you know, just rotating them over a certain period of time, if the Jeep is going to be sitting for a certain period of time, might be a good idea as well. Um, as far as whether, or not, whether to rotate four or five tires, if you have a spare and if you bought it at the same time as the rest of the tires, then get that spare into rotation immediately. Now, if let's say you've had four tires and uh, you got, you know, 10, 15,000 miles on them and then you buy a spare, well, you don't want to exactly move that into rotation. You're going to end up having some issues. Um, and we're talking as much of a quarter inch or, or a half inch or more in, in, in tire diameter just in wear. Uh, and of course, if you have a different manufacturer, different tread pattern, the whole nine yards, obviously a lot of differences there. So um, really, if you're going to have a fifth tire, uh, you know, five tire rotation schedule, make sure all the tires are uh, purchased at the same time, or at the very least, they are the same model manufacturer and tread depth. Well, my all five of mine obviously were purchased at the same time, um, except, I mean, and they're all the same, um, but they were put on at about 12,000 miles, and I'm at 21 now. So, I mean, what you could uh, do is if you're within a couple of 30 seconds of an inch, and all, all tire tread depth is measured in 30 seconds of an inch. And if you're within a couple 30 seconds of an inch um, from all the other tires, you could probably get away with it. If you're in the neighborhood of five, six, seven, 30 seconds or more, um, you know, at that point, you know, you're looking at 25% tire wear already gone and you don't really want to be rotating in a brand spanking new tire in there. So, um, especially right. if you, if you have things like spools or lockers, um, any kind of a non-selectable traction device, uh, where it's relying on wheel speed in order to be working properly. And if you have two different size tires and I know that, you know, you're thinking of, well, a few 30 seconds of an inch isn't that big of a difference. Well, it, it, when you have parts that are spinning multiple thousands of RPMs inside of a differential, they may tend to, to uh, you know, say differently. So, And I'm, I'm guessing, and actually the guy that I talked to, his name is Jeff from Adrenaline Off-Road, and he offered his services to us if we ever had questions or we could direct people to him um, right, cool. because he's been doing this for quite a while. I'm guessing he would be able to tell just by looking at my tires. If I the average rule of thumb five. people say is, is, yeah, go ahead and rotate them every, you know, every time you change your oil, depending on if you're running synthetic or if you're running regular, you know, yada, yada, it can be every three to 5,000 miles. That's the rule of thumb. Um, some require more, some can require a little bit less. So, uh, you know, it really depends, like I said, on a number of factors. So, uh, your mileage may vary, pun intended. <laughs> well, thanks, Josh. And anyone else, if you guys have any insight to that, please, um, reach out. And give us a email, or I'll be posting on the Jeep Talk Show forum here this weekend about it. Yeah, and keep in mind, Tammy, you do have selectable lockers, and uh, I know you use them very rarely, and you're only going to use them off-road, so you won't be going very fast, and the tires won't be turning very, very much. So keep that in mind if uh, the uh, if he does do the tire measurement, and you may need to request that. Uh, could you check right. the the, te the, uh, the tire the tread depth on my tires? 
uh, when you rotate them. Have you already? I, I can't remember. Did you say you, you've rotated the spare in already or not? Or are you? No, I haven't rotated any of them. I feel oh, like okay. a bad, bad mom. So uh, before the the spare gets rotated in there, ask him to uh, check the Ted right. uh, the Ted depth. Yeah, <laughs> the, the tread depth. <laughs> People are at the at, in, in the cubicles are going. What? What did you say? Right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do some reviews. So, uh, it, you know, it's really easy to give us a review on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, or even YouTube. Uh, did we miss your review? Email us at info at jeeptalkshow.com and, uh, you know, give us the review there or tell us where it was because we certainly want to be able to read it on the air. Yeah, our first one's coming up from Facebook, guys. Of course, uh, yeah, pretty much as Tony said, where you can find us, you can find a way to get, leave us a review. Uh, we have Royal Barber Third review the Jeep Talk Show. Gave us a five-star rating. I enjoy listening to the podcast at work. I always find something that I missed when I was watching the podcast on YouTube. you got to watch the uh, whole show. <laughs> yes. Um, Tony, I don't know if you want to read this one. No, you go ahead. Okay. Um, this one is from Amber Hidden. Um, I really enjoy listening, watching the three of you with my husband, Nick. Keep up the awesome work. I had never heard the Henway joke until tonight. <laughs> and a small <laughs> child inside of me loves it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. We, we have to, we'll have to remember what episode that was in. Yeah, that was, um, uh, that was a while back. I think that was while it was still yeah. XJ Talk, uh, the XJ Talk show. Yeah. It might have been. Yeah, it might have been. You got tech questions? What oh, do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Oh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. You guys have actually been quite active over the last week, and I want to thank you guys for doing that. So we're going to go ahead and pick this up right away. Now, kind of uh, picking up where we left off last week, talking about flat towing, or as Tony liked to come up with a term that doesn't have a definition, <laughs> overland towing. And, uh, and we have a question. came. Uh, I don't know if this came through email or from the forum. Uh, it says, I have a 2000 TJ Wrangler with lock right lockers. And when I pulled my Jeep, the front passenger tire showed wear like the locker was locking up. They lock up automatically. Okay, thanks. I will check it out only when one side wears when pulling behind my RV. Yeah, that's one of those things. If you have traction devices, you got to be real careful when towing. Uh, you know, and if, making sure things are, are disconnected, you know, undone, unlocked, that whole nine yards. Because uh, uh, if you have a locked up front end and you're trying to go around a corner, that Jeep may not want to go around that corner. So uh, be careful with that, guys. I also had Wyatt Baker wrote into the show. He wrote in this week as well and just wanted to let us know that he would be Jeeping soon. Our crackhead team, I mean, our crack team of head scientists, deduced by the blank emails and through much deliberation that, well, it was that he must have been talking about. Anyways, because, yeah, blank emails, he says we're going to be Jeeping soon. Leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, but this is one where we're going to go ahead and go in-depth, everybody. Uh, we had somebody write in and says, Hey, JTS crew, love the show. I purchased an 04 Wrangler a couple months ago. A previous owner had taken off the decals. The dealer said he thought it was a regular X model. I entered the VIN on the Jeep site and found out it was actually a Rocky Mountain Edition with lots of nice upgrades. It has the Dana 44 axle, which is nice. Track lock, really nice seats. I ordered the RME, that stands for, obviously, the Rocky Mountain Edition, decals and put them on. Super happy with the Jeep, and it was kind of a bonus finding out it was a special edition. So question, do you guys know if the if the Rocky Mountain Edition would boost the value? Any guess as to how much? What special edition Jeep do you guys like? Thanks for doing the show. Black Jeep's rule. Rob, Yeti Jeep. Well, in the mm -hmm. early to mid-2000s, the TJ was right in the middle of the throes of massive popularity gains, and Jeep was trying to capitalize on this in pretty much every way they could. To expand on the popular Wrangler platform that saw record sales for so many years, Jeep offered many special editions and limited trim models to help bolster sales even further and give Jeepers a little bit more of what they were asking for. Now, among the standard offering of the SE, the X model, and Sport, other special edition trim levels were also offered, like the very familiar Sahara edition. There's also the 60th Anniversary Edition in 2001, 65th Anniversary Edition in 2006, Apex Edition, Columbia Editions, Freedom, Golden L Eagle, uh, Willys, even a nod to Paramount's film with the Tomb Raider Edition. The Sahara Unlimited Edition was also a nod to Paramount's film of the same name. Now, many of these weren't offered in every state at every single dealer, so it shouldn't be a surprise if you hadn't heard of the Golden Eagle Edition or the Rocky Mountain Edition that Rob was talking about. Well, the Rocky Mountain Edition was first offered in 2003 and was made through the 2005 model years. 
It came standard with the 4-liter inline-six, Dana 44 rear axle, 30-inch wheel and tire package with 15-inch Alcoa aluminum wheels, fog lamps and tow hooks, exclusive decals, fender flares, some nice seats and interior trim, and even a diamond plate rocker guard setup. It only came in five colors, black, silver, yes, red Tony, yellow, and blue. It also included seven premium speakers with a subwoofer and unique cloth seats. Now, the Rocky Mountain Edition returned back in 2009 as a special edition trim in the JKs. It was equipped with a 32-inch tire set on larger 18-inch wheels, black tubular sidesteps, a six-disc in-dash changer, and other visual enhancements. Other options such as body-colored fenders were also available, but not standard in that trim in all regions. The 2010 model added new easier-to-fold open soft top, standard Uconnect infotainment systems on models equipped with MyGig Radio and new sun visors that offer more coverage than the old models, as well as integrated vanity mirrors. Now, there's also a straight mountain edition. Now, note the lack of the Rocky in front. Instead of it being based on the X trim, this was a special edition of the Sport base model trim for 2010. This one came with the, all the trim that the Rocky Mountain did, but with 17-inch wheels instead of 18-inch black light tail protectors and special edition seats, as well as visual enhancements like black decals, a black fuel filler door, and graphite dash enhancements. This edition was also available in four-door versions based on the more equipped sport trim instead of the sport base trim. Uh, typically, now the trim typically dictates less than 10% of the vehicle's worth. Now, obviously, things like heated leather seats and premium sound system may add a little bit more to the worth of a Jeep than, say, something like the color of the fenders. Now, ultimately, anything is only worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. That can be good, and that can be bad. It also really has a lot to do with the region you live in. A Wrangler may not go for as much in Wisconsin as it may, may in, say, Arizona. Rust probably has a you know, major contributor factoring to, uh, contributing factor to that. Now, if the, rigs became, uh, if the rigs got more cancer than a Marlboro man, well, then likely the trim going into it, and it means you know, squat. Now, a lot on the Wrangler trims also aren't going to mean as much as, as, say, how many times or how many miles are on it, rather. Or the overall condition of the body. I mean, if you have a door caved in and the hood looks more like a taco than an engine bonnet, then somebody probably isn't going to care too much about the interior package it has. The bottom line is that they're, despite being limited editions, special editions, and you're not a real Jeeper if you don't buy this edition, the real value is going to come with the bigger picture. Does it run? Does it drive? Is it clean? Does it leak? Will it pass emissions? How much tread is left? How many miles are on it? As you can see, there can be a lot that very quickly becomes way more important than that six-disc in-dash CD changer. Now, that being said, any Jeep that didn't ordinarily come with something stronger, well, something like a stronger rear axle like that Dana 44 in the back of Rob's is going to be a little bit more attractive than its show floor compa companions. Well, Rob, I hope that answered your question, or at least helped answer that question. I, there's really no definitive numbers when it comes to what is this trim level worth compared to something else. Again, it depends on a varying number of factors. Well, anyways, Jeepers, let me know if you guys have a tech question you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to jeeptalkforum.com, even on your smartphone, and just or send me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk. So is that a thing, removing all the badges uh, from a Jeep and just having a... Well, it's a trend in general, and it's called debadging, right. and uh, and it's taking off, you know, things like the Jeep emblem or you know the the X on the side. It's essentially eliminating any sort of uh, you know what you can determine as trim um, identifying identification marks on the vehicle, and sometimes you can't even determine what vehicle it is unless you really are a car guy. Yeah, I just uh, I found that strange, especially since it was a special edition. Um, you know, I could see doing it with an X or something like that, especially if you're, if you're doing like what I'm doing to the, uh, the TJ, cause we got an X model and uh, I've upgraded it. I've put a console in, I've got a, uh, a adjustable steering wheel. I haven't installed that yet, but, uh, what do you call the, uh, the tilt steering, uh, several, uh, yeah. several things that, uh, you know, were not in the X package. So, um, trying to think of there was something else i did to it too but anyway it's uh, pretty easy to do the upgrades and it's not really an x anymore i was going to remove the x off of, off the side of there makes more room for a jeep talk show sticker now there, there was one go. more thing that i was going <laughs> to tell rob is that there is a chance uh that that vehicle might have been involved in something like a flood or oh, a bad accident or something and yes. the reason why you're not seeing some of those badges is because the vehicle was prepped for a complete respray so rob you know double check that title branding on the uh or double check the branding box on your title um you know take a really good look at some of the seams and the and the bolts in between some of the um some of the panels and stuff and and you know look for those those usual marks of hey this thing has been repainted or this thing has been in an accident yeah good thought there Josh, I didn't even think about that, but that makes a lot of sense. 
Alrighty. Well, very interesting as always, and uh, longer than three yeah. minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it usually is. Sorry. No, no, I'm I'm just giving uh, uh, Nate a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> The Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob from San Antonio, Texas. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Yoo-hoo. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey, guys. This is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason, Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Free. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Secretary Jake Collin. This is John, I'm free runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, an anal probe restraint system. No! No, 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 that's not right. We love our list. It's not right. <laughs> love that one. Yeah. Hey, folks, we love hearing from all of you. So be sure and call our voicemail number at 530-675-4102 and leave us a voicemail. Or you can even jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. You just click on that little leave voicemail button on the right-hand side of the screen. Hi, it's Bart again with the Jeep Talk Show, and I'm here with Jamie Logan. Hi, Bart. And uh, Jamie, tell us a bit about your product. Well, we have been making bumpers for over 15 years here locally in Butler, PA. Um, We stand by the fact that we still have products made in the USA. Very heavy-duty winch bumpers, tire carriers, off-roading, driving bumpers, whichever you're looking at. We just picked up mile marker um, for winches that we are representing and PIA for our new lighting that we are representing. Um, We have huge deals going on throughout the weekend, um, so stop over. All right, and um, uh, one question for the listeners. What color is your Jeep? White and pink. Okay, I'm guessing this is your Jeep behind (laughs) us. This is my Jeep behind us. All right. Our beautiful pink bumpers on it. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, Anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, if you um, happen to see this, come on over, say that you talked to me and um, that you mentioned me and Bart, you saw us online and we'll give you a little bit more of a treat with maybe a t-shirt or something. Awesome. Okay. And that's it from uh, the Jeep Talk Show. And um, yeah, keep on watching. <laughs> Great job, Bart. Love that. Uh, you know, it's that's a nerve wracking thing to go out there and ask somebody if you can interview them and you know, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I would be very nervous. So I think he did a great job. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. You know, I've, I think I've seen that Jeep at Roush Creek before. Oh, really? I think I saw it at um, Crawling for Cops or somebody else has a pink Jeep with the pink bumper. I'm pretty sure she was at Roush Creek. Oh, you'll oh. have to reach out next time you see her. Say, hey, yeah. saw you on my show. So I want to remind you guys that uh, this coming Tuesday, we're going to be interviewing Natasha, and she's from a mythical country called Canada. Hi, this is Canadian Jeep girl Natasha from the Faces of Jeep. Join Tammy, Tony, and I this coming Tuesday on the Jeep Talk Calling Show. So uh, Natasha has got some stuff going on, and uh, you know I can't help but say, when I, every time I say Natasha, I think of Moose and Squirrel. I wonder oh, if she gets it that geez. often. <laughs> Timely reference? Oh, okay. So anyway, she's going to be joining Tammy and I this Tuesday and uh, for the Jeep Talk call-in show, and so should you, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time. I love that. Now, I can- how about something we all look forward to each and every week? <laughs> how about hearing from the mind of the one and only Nikki G? I love that I can disappoint you guys at least once a week. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, last week I talked about I put some uh, leaf springs on the back of my Jeep, lifted it up about an inch. And uh, when I drove it, I just kept getting a clunk, 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 clunk noise. And uh, put a transfer drop on it. Still clunk, 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 clunk. Couldn't figure it out. Put my GoPro down there. Drove it around neighborhood, didn't see anything. I 
couldn't figure out what what the life of me was making this noise. So I took it to a shop, that four-wheel drive shop, not far from my house. In about 30 seconds, the guy calls me back in the shop and uh, shows me that I put the rear sway bar back on. And I know I shouldn't have, but I figured if it was 0.0001% safer, I figured I'd put it on there. Couldn't hurt. Well, the rear sway bar was catching on inside wheel weight on my wheel and making that clunk, 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 clunk noise. So uh, they didn't charge me anything to beat it back with a hammer. And then uh, when I got home, I took it off. But they didn't charge me anything, but they told me if I didn't buy something out of the showroom, they were going to tell everybody what they saw and what I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shaming. That's my life. I wish I was making it up, but I'm not. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. Yeah, have a good one. Bye. We may have to have evidence of that, though. You know, with Nikki G. <laughs> uh, like I'm, I'll use the old uh, the old uh, forum saying, uh, "Picks or it didn't happen." That's right. Yeah, really. <laughs> I think I think the rear sway bar was uh, like one of the very first things I removed from the Jeep. Like, like one of the first things I did to the Jeep uh, was remove that rear sway bar. It's so strange. I never had one on mine. Don't know on why. The, on, the, on the on the Cherokee. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Never had one. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it was the uh, they told me or or somebody told me on the on a forum, so it had to be true. It was either uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was either because of the upcountry package or because it uh, came with the towing package. So, or or something, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Did, did you have a towing package on yours, Josh? Uh, no, no, I, I added my, uh, I added my towing hitch uh, on mine, but I'm, you talk to most guys out there and they'll say, you don't, you don't want to tow with your Cherokee unless it has a rear sway bar, uh, uh just don't because, know. just because of the tongue weight. Yeah. I don't uh, know. so I mean, maybe, maybe it was part of the upcountry package. I, I don't know. I do know the upcountry packages did have about a one inch higher ride height yeah. than a stock Cherokee. So that might've had something to do with it. Uh, but I don't know. I wonder what it's like to have a rear sway bar. Did you did you notice it? Uh, were you uh, like taking corners, uh, keeping up with Porsches in the corners? And uh, oh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. four wheel drift in the Cherokee, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stock XJ. <laughs> I, I mean, it feels tight the way it is. So I wouldn't know what to think if I had a, a rear sway bar. I don't, you know, I have to. I don't think the ninety nine that we have has has one either. I'll have to check and look. I don't think I've ever. Well, when I put the lift kit on there, I would have noticed it. It doesn't have a, a sway bar either. We bought it used, so somebody could have taken it off. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I was gonna say my, my Cherokee's looser than a two-bit hooker, but uh, it's it, no sway bar at all, front or rear, loosey goosey. Is that uh, twenty-five cents or fifty cents? Yeah, two-bit. I don't even know if they make bits anymore. <laughs> all right, well, let's get over to some campfire side chat. Who who knows what time frame we're in? I yeah, have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's been about an hour. Uh, if you take out the if Give you take, take out the ten minutes, it's been about fifty minutes. Sure. Well, you guys you might as well just take over because I'm I've uh, I've sold my Jeep. I've moved on to Priuses and bicycles. Uh, apparently, oh, I'm no longer no. a Jeeper. And uh, yeah, no, yada yada. So no, I'm uh, working on uh, working on getting some um, some side jobs uh, lined up, uh, getting some extra cash flow coming in here so I can uh, uh, resupply resupply the Jeep funds as it were and, and get back to get back to doing some work on this thing. So. Well, uh, there, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, there, that's the way life is. It'll be fine. You'll get back on there. It's just, oh, yeah, it's like just disappointing. No, now. I, look, I'm, I'm in no less of a Jeep expert or enthusiast because my Jeep is in a in a state of being under construction. Oh uh, no, you just want right to get now, the hell so. out there. I mean, especially in the summertime. I'm, yeah, I'm Jonesing. I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, you know, it'd be really nice to get the Jeep. One, I love driving the thing to begin with. It's just a fun yeah, vehicle yeah. to drive. Aside from what it can do. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun vehicle to drive. So I do miss that aspect of it. Uh, but that being aside, you know, I've got, I've got a bunch of Jeep buddies. I can get out and wheel anytime I want to, uh, as long as they're going up there and they got an open seat. Um, but, uh, it's, it's one of the things where the Jeep's not going anywhere. Obviously I'm not going anywhere. The trails aren't going anywhere. Uh, so, you know, it'd be one of those things where it'll happen when it happens. I'll get back out on the, back out on the trails here real soon. And, and it'll be very nice when I finally do. Hey man, you got a job. You got a Jeep. 
It may not and be I got running a roof over my head. Yeah, yeah. you, you got a place to stay. Uh, you got food to eat, and uh, you have a vehicle to drive. So I mean, you know, things are. Oh, and you don't have that problem with your uh, with your oral the the uh, the teeth thing the jaw thing anymore. So, so things are good. I thought you were going a different direction there for a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did say extra yes, money. Sir, you, you're, you're right. <laughs> uh, either way, either way, you're right. <laughs> All right, Tammy. Uh, now, I've heard that you you uh, have been put on a, wow. uh, a budget now, and you can't buy any new stuff for your Jeep. Well, I feel really bad <laughs> talking about this now. Uh, but, uh, but you're going to anyway. <laughs> yeah, I feel really bad. Um, so after follow, so, after following the story of the broke guy, we're going to hear a story about disposable income. Okay, ready, go. <laughs> so I, I was doing, um, getting a whole bunch of blog posts done. And I was doing one on my More Ride ammo can shelf. Uh-huh. And i like, oh my God, I really want one for the other side. So <laughs> I got my trusty credit card out and I bought another one. Have you gotten an ammo can yet? Yeah, I got an ammo can. Of course, it doesn't about. come with an ammo can. This is what you no, can put on there. Does. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. going to paint those ammo cans purple? Uh, it has to <gasps> be. has to be purple. Oh, okay. Hey, time out. Time TV time out. Really? Let me. Oh, I can't believe she hadn't thought of this. thought of it yet. <laughs> so ammo cans typically come in olive drab. And there's a lot of write-ups on online YouTube videos and stuff where you can learn how to paint camo using a base color. The base color is obviously going to be green. You can go ahead and, and, you know, do some techniques. And so you could have a purple slash, you know, maybe purple, black, uh, olive drab camo theme going on, uh, which Uh, I think might tie in very well and tactfully. So just my two cents, Tammy, uh, maybe I've given some inspiration there. I know that you have some leftover spray paint, so uh, maybe that can go to some good use. Oh, so you think I should do it camo-like, or should I just do it all solid purple? No, I think it'd no, be too I'd much say, purple. I'd say go, yeah, go with the go with the camo a little bit. Mix it, you know, break up the edges a little bit. You know, get creative with uh, with some camo pattern, or or even some oh. you know some other kind of pattern. But uh, you know, in worst case scenario, hey, it's just paint. You can always paint over it. You know, uh, that something is such a great idea. Something that uh, something that would be kind of a, a, a homage, if I'm saying the word properly to uh, the Jeep and how it came to be and some of the modifications. Right. Instead of a Lego, I mean, instead of, <laughs> I just give it away. Instead of a camo pattern, make it a Lego <laughs> pattern. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I know you got, you got, you got maybe uh, the Jeep logo on one side and the Lego logo on the other. That'd be great. <laughs> just the, the little Legos, you know, uh, painted in their different colors. So it'd be like a camo Lego. I know it's going to be one. This is going to be on one can, and this is going to be on the other can. She's going to have the official uh, Jeep Talk Show stickers and the and the official uh, JeepMama dot com stickers on there. That's what she's going to have. That's what you know, Tammy. You have to come out with uh, some uh, shorts that uh, you know talking about cans. Jeep Mama on the ass and put Jeep Mama on the two cans. (laughs) (laughs) They're selling like hotcakes, folks. You know, if you guys haven't seen uh, Tammy's uh, videos uh, uh, that she did uh, in uh, Brain Farting uh, Moab, uh, go go watch. She has a mouth on her that yeah. I was not aware of. Apparently, yeah. uh, uh, terror brings out the uh, sailor in Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very, very naughty. My mom called me. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. And um, <laughs> she's now, like... Tamitha. my. You need to watch that language. My my sister showed her my videos, and she's like, "You just embarrassed me on yes. Facebook." <laughs> oh, she, she she doesn't even know what Facebook is. But anyway, I was gonna say she, it's a YouTube <laughs> video. Yeah, she because my sister showed her the because I you know shared the videos on Facebook. So, um, but anyway, she was just kidding, but she did see the videos and she was like, oh my Lord. I know. I was, Who did I'm, I raise? I'm right there with her, Tammy. I'm right there with her. Yeah. So I got a question for you guys. You know, uh, you know, I've been having some, uh, NP242 stretched chain transfer case oh, issues. Yeah, that's right. Did and you order your chain yet? I have not. You? I, okay. uh, unfortunately I've, uh, I'm on a, a binge right now for raspberry Pi stuff. <laughs> what? Oh, that's right. You're built. You're uh, building an oscilloscope, aren't you? Uh, no, actually, I'm doing a uh, APRS, uh, just Raspberry Pi, and this TNC that I bought a while back. I'm trying to build uh, a standalone unit where I would actually have a, a seven-inch touch display that will have the map on it, 
and I'll have the radio connected to it, and I won't have to use my phone. I actually ordered a GPS module for the Raspberry Pi today. I was going to say the only use for the phone in that kit would be for the GPS, and if you have a standalone GPS kit to add to the Pi, then you're you're good to go. Well, yeah, yeah right on, man. I'll be really curious to see uh, how that all turns out. You got a case for it all and everything? Or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was one of the things I ordered today, but uh, uh, actually you have to have some software to, to pull in the GPS information and coalesce mm. it and send it out to the, the TNC so it broadcasts out. So the Raspberry Pi, they have some software already written that will do that, and it displays a map so that you can look and see where you are and where other people are. So, I know there's somebody out there right now saying, how the hell do you get a <laughs> Raspberry Pi to display <laughs> GPS information? I've never gotten even so much as an Apple Pi to give me coordinates. I, and I could really confuse them to say if the, uh, to tell them the Raspberry Pi is rectangular. Oh, what kind of high dang do you use this? <laughs> the pies I have around. But anyway. Pi R um, round? No. Pi R <laughs> square. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, anyway, that's that's kind of the direction I'm going here. I've just, uh, I got on this little bend. I got a 7-inch a touchscreen display to go on it. And uh, then I started looking at the APRS. So the some of the, the money is going towards that. But uh, it, no big deal. I took the, the front drive shaft out, so I don't really, the, the chain shouldn't be moving and it shouldn't be causing any issues. But I do have, uh, I do have that on the plate. Uh, I'm, I think what I'm going to do is get the chain, the pump, and a new filter. And I think that's what I'm going to try. It's not that difficult to get in there, especially after you've gone in there 10 times. It's not oh, that yeah. difficult to change it. And it's easier now with the Tom Woods uh, uh, SYE kit. There's a couple of snap mm. rings less and that, uh, that little uh, output seal is not as uh, fragile, uh, that's in the, the kit now anyway. Uh, so, uh, that's, that's the plan. But the thing I was looking up the other day was, I still want to know why the hell this chain is stretching. Now I, I did find a post on xjtalk.com where I talk about changing the gears and the chain. And it was much longer ago than I thought it was like 2011 or, or 2010 about the time the podcast started. So it's been a long oh, time. Wow. That chain's been in there a long time. I haven't used it at all though. Uh, so it still bugs me. Um, but, um, so I don't know, maybe this has to do with the longevity, the quality of the chain, like something you mentioned, Josh, I'm going to try that place that you recommended for the chain. Uh, what, what was that again? Uh, I think it was, no, was it Novak? No. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Is it? I have it here, but adapters or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, whoever makes the uh, yeah, oh yeah, the the uh, the buttery smooth cable shifter for the transfer cases. Oh, (laughs) so I'm gonna get one of those. uh, uh, Get the the chain from them, and then uh, just get a a decent uh, pump. And although I may do some research and see about getting a a, uh, anybody that recommends a good oil pump, because that would be another reason why the chain is stretching. I mean, if you're not putting pressure on the chain, what what are the things can can stretch a chain? If you don't have proper oil flow. But anyway, the question I want to ask of you, uh, Tammy, and everybody else out there, uh, what fluid do you put in the NP242J transfer case? Now, I've always always read that it is the same that's in the AW4 transmission. But I saw some stuff today that service manuals have various things. Like they may, some uh, recommend ATF-4, uh, I think it was, a synthetic that goes in there. And I, and I don't know if that would have anything to do with the chain stretching. So I'm trying to look at all avenues because I'd like to get, you know, at least 80K miles uh, out of this uh, new chain like I did the original one. And, and mind yeah. you, I used it at least 50,000 of those 80,000 because I kept it in uh, full time. Uh, all the time. So if my wife drove it, she didn't have to mess with it. Oh, there's where your chain is getting stretched from. Well, no, it's full time. Full time shouldn't be a problem. Except you are relying on the viscous decoupler within the transfer case in order to separate the front from the rear. There's no viscous decoupler, is there? If you're driving on on dry cement with with a full time, um, yeah, that's that's your right there, man. That's why your chain stretched. Well, that was the the original chain. I haven't done that since I've been replacing chains. Oh, okay. And and there's no viscous decoupler in the NP242, is there? It's all mechanical. Uh, what, I thought there was a decoupler in there, but I uh, maybe I, maybe I'm thinking of a different transfer case. I was thinking that was a 249 that was like that. 
Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that might be the 249. Well, I'm going to go check because I'd like to understand if it's uh, exactly how it works. But anyway, if you guys have any recommendations for the uh, the fluid that you put in the transfer case, uh, let me know. Like I said, I've always read AW4, the same thing you get put in the AW4, you put in the transfer case. Don't know. Hmm. Well, I like putting the 375 and the 897 myself. Now, see, you're going to make somebody <laughs> screw up their Jeep being cute. <laughs> oh, all just those like, numbers. Just like I when don't you, get how. Just like when you told everybody to the, the set their clocks back uh, this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and it was get, not the right weekend. What I get is how you guys can remember NP4. I, that just boggles my mind. I hear guys talking like that all the time. Oh, well, women yeah, do the that, same thing. It's that Jeep talk. Yeah. No, I, I, but we don't talk in numbers and letters. Like, I don't know. Just I mean, it's, a, it's a gearhead talk. It, I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know, it's engineer speak. It's, yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I remember when I was like 14, I knew the, uh, and remind you, there was only three channels on television and there was no internet. So uh, when I was 14, I knew the Radio Shack catalog front to back. I knew just everything they had in there and how much it cost. I just loved going to Radio Shack. Of course, Radio Shack back then was a was a different animal. Mm. All right. Well, speaking of different animals, let's get over to Josh and some wheeling wear. Yes, we're, we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. We have the Ohio Jeep Fest coming up in, uh, well, first week of July, second week of July, July 7th, 8th, and 9th over at the Ross County Fairgrounds in Chillicothe. Chillicothe. <laughs> Chill- Chill- in that one place in Ohio, where Isn't the Ross tight. County Fairgrounds are. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I brain f- I just can't stumble across that uh, name of the town anymore. Like chili cloth? Chili cothy? I think it's chili cothy. Chili cothy. Chili cothy. I bet you the E is silent. I bet we're going to have a very nasty voicemail next week. <laughs> how dare you? Oh, For any more information other than how to pronounce the name of the town that this event is in, head over to OhioJeepFest.com. I also have Quadratech in association with PA Jeepers presenting the 22nd annual All Breeds Jeep Show happening July 15th and the 16th over at the York County Expo Center and Fairgrounds in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, there will be over 600 show Jeeps on the lot, over $20,000 in raffle prizes. They're going to be giving away Quadratech-sponsored obstacle course, massive show discounts on gear, goodie bags, and dash plaques all to all participants. For more information, head over to pajeeps.org or over to quadratech.com showcases PA Jeeps. I also have uh, this one. These people wanted to get their event in very early, very often. We're going to go ahead and talk about this a little bit. Now, I don't know who these two guys are, but apparently if you want to wheel, you need to be wheeling with these guys. It's Luke (laughs) and Eddie, and they're presenting the fourth annual Outer Banks Jeep Mutiny number four. Happening September 21st and through the 24th, rather, uh, over at Nags Head, North Carolina. For more information, well, they have a Facebook page set up. Uh, Facebook.com slash offroading with Luke and Eddie. All one word. I don't know who Luke and Eddie are, but we might have to get them on the show. I don't know. I wonder if they're like the McKenzie brothers. Um, it's Chillicothe. There you go. I just looked it up. Hey, new to the show. Maybe you're watching this on YouTube for the first time. And, uh, well, you know, we want you to know uh, we make it really easy to listen to the show while you're on the go. You can install the Jeep Talk Show app on your Apple or Android device. Of course, you can always find our episodes at the Jeep Talk <laughs> Jeep Show. <laughs> Chillicothe.com oh <my> <laughs> website. <laughs> hey, folks, you know what? We're all about that instant gratification. Yeah. So who wants to wait days to get the Jeep Talk Show off of iTunes me. or Stitcher? Uh-uh, we don't. <laughs> and you don't have to either. You know what? Just go download and install the Jeep Talk Show app on your iOS phone or tablet or your Android phone or tablet. With our new app, you can truly have the latest Jeep Talk Show episode on demand anywhere you go. And we're continuing our domination of all things media. We are on YouTube. We watch what you guys watch, our live show. You need to be watching our live show (laughs) twice a week. It's how we bring it to you guys. You watch past shows over at YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. And oh, hey, if you subscribe, you'll be notified of new videos right away. Hey, are you thinking, boy, the Jeep Talk Show sounds like a lot of fun? All parties in ever. I wonder if I could be part of the show. I wonder if the guys will let me push the buttons. <laughs> of course you can. Just send us an email at info at jeeptalkshow.com and tell us your idea of what you can do for the show. We love our listeners, but so- 
<laughs> but sorry, you can't touch the buttons. God, come on. <laughs> hey, are you listening to the Jeep Talk Colin show? What is it, you ask? Well, you know, it's a podcast that you can call into live. Huh, who knew there was such a thing, such this kind of technology? You know what? Tony and I can stream audio and video to you live, and then you can talk back to us. I know it's a little futuristic, but it's really fun. Join Tony and I Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time and call in. That's youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Are you there? Well, that's it. <laughs> that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the Jeep Talk Show. So, no matter where you go, no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots and wheeling destinations in as good, if not better condition, than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for offer use, head over to treadlightly.org. Ten seconds, Josh. Phew, he wouldn't have gone so slow at the end there. <laughs> I screw it up every time.